Good morning, my friends, and welcome to Morning Glory. I'm Pastor Stephen, and I hope you've got your cup of coffee, and you've got your Holy Bible, and we're going to jump into the Word of God, and you're going to have a great day in the Lord. Uh, why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in Matthew chapter 18. I want to talk today about a very powerful statement that Jesus made, a statement that was so powerful he added on a whole parable just to bring a greater emphasis to a very brief but powerful statement. Our story today is in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. And while you're turning there, would you do me a favor, if you haven't done this, and I know there's many of you that watch, you haven't done this yet, would you subscribe to my live stream channel as a follower? There is a green tab right up above you called Follow. Now, on the page that you're at right now as you're watching me, you can't see the follow link. But if you'll just click the crown logo, uh, it'll take you back to the home page. Of course, don't do it right now. I'll do this after the show, okay? But then you'll see the green tab called follow. And if you just uh, click that, uh, it'll ask you for your email address. And that way you can sign up and you can subscribe. That way the moment I launch or release or announce a fresh new program, you have instant access to it. You receive an email uh, on your tablet or on your smartphone, and that way you can enjoy uh, these programs as they come out live and fresh to you, okay? So please uh, subscribe and follow me so that you can receive these faith-building messages on a regular and on a timely basis, okay? Heavenly Father, we're asking that as we go into your word on this beautiful day today, that your Holy Spirit would open the scriptures to us, that the eyes of our heart would have understanding, that our minds would comprehend the word, and that we, we would be changed and strengthened from the inside out. Father, in Jesus' name we pray, right where you're sitting, why don't you say, Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, you know the story. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Well, the Jewish rabbis of that day taught that if somebody had wronged you or sinned against you, then they set a standard uh, that they qualified as being, uh, if you're, you're a generous person, if you forgave them three times a day. You didn't have to go over that. But they, that they taught and asked that you would at least show enough mercy to forgive somebody three times a day. But you know, it's like three strikes and you're out in baseball. So if you're, if you blew it on the fourth time, uh, no forgiveness and no mercy. So Peter, you know, is hanging around with the Lord now and seeing the, the tremendous mercy and forgiveness that the Lord is demonstrating to people. So Peter, he's endeavoring to step up the game and uh, not just double it, but even go a little further than that. And so he says, Lord, how about up to seven times? Now, when he says seven, He's literally talking about seven. He's not using seven as a metaphorical number. He's like, I'll be, I'll, I'll give him seven times. Of course, if you hit number eight, you're now, uh, you're on the outs with Peter also. But he says up to seven times. See, seven to the Jewish people had a representation of completeness. Now, Peter's not speaking of completeness or like a metaf metaphorical term. Uh, he's speaking of uh, the number seven. He's speaking of the number seven, but Jesus, he wants to use this number uh, to describe something, okay? So, up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times, 
7, okay? So Jesus raises the bar a whole lot higher. You know what's fascinating? That when Jesus was asked certain questions that maybe we might think there would be uh, a lot of room to play in there, or how do you really answer this question? It seems like it could, go, it could go this way or that way, or maybe we've intruded into a gray area where there really are no definites. But when Peter asked this question, the Lord, he responds with such precision and such an exact specific answer that uh, it's no wonder that when he would finish teaching at times, the, you know, the Jewish people would look at each other and say, we've never heard it taught. We've never heard God's word taught with such authority, just tremendous authority. And so uh, Jesus jumps right on that question. He knows exactly how to respond to it. And he responds quite dramatically. And he says, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And so this takes it into a whole new area. So here we're moving over into more of an allegorical term uh, with the number seven. You know, for us, we have, uh, you know, you learn in elementary school where you have odd and even numbers. If it's an odd number, it's like one, three, five, seven, and so forth, okay? And then we have our nice even numbers. Sometimes people prefer even numbers, two, four. Well, let's do it technically correct. Zero, two, four, six, eight, ten, and on up the scale you go. But the Hebrew people don't think as far as like odd and even, uh, but on the number seven, uh, even though to us we would look at that as an even, uh, excuse me, an odd number, they don't see it as odd. They see it more as a number that uh, is of completion, a number that speaks oftentimes throughout the Old Covenant Scriptures of a type of perfection or a conclusion of things. So 70 times 7 definitely takes it over into a realm where you can see that the emphasis on an unlimited, an unspecified amount okay now uh, let me give you another example as you're uh, here in Matthew it says in in the book of Proverbs I like this scripture chapter 24 verse 16 though a righteous man falls seven times he will get up well pastor Stephen what happens if I fall eight times did God say stay down no the Holy Spirit's not going to condemn you. He's always going to say, get back up and keep going. So the number seven there is also figurative. In other words, you can fall over and over and over again, but the mercy of God will always be there for you if you turn to the Lord and you, uh, and you uh, go after God with all of your heart. You're doing everything you can to not fall in the first place, but if you do fall, God's mercy and forgiveness is there. Even if you do it eight times, nine times, ten times. See, the thing is, get back up and be determined that you will not fall again. But if you did, God's grace is there. But we don't want to uh, try to abuse that grace. We want to allow that grace, which is God's divine empowering ability, to help us overcome Whatever that thing is that we're tripping over, can you say yes? So you can see here seven is also an allegorical type number representing an unlimited amount. Well, that's fascinating. If you read over in the Gospel of Luke, let me read a verse to you. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 4, along the same line, but a lot more condensed. Jesus said uh, that, uh, speaking about your brother, if he sins against you. And if you, now, for, for you ladies, that would also be like sisters who would sin against you. So we're all in the boat together, right? But it says, and if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, 
forgive him. Okay, so when you're talking about 70 times 7, I want you to understand that uh, technically this is like 490 times a day. Okay, so we know 70 times 7, 490, we're good at multiplication. But, you know, somebody could really do that in one day. But not not really, unless they're just really kind of with you all the time and just, just a nonstop occurrence. But what is being expressed here is an infinite number of forgiveness and mercy being demonstrated. Okay, so Jesus uh, he doesn't just go from, you know, like three, which is what the rabbis taught, to seven, which is what Peter is thinking to be, you know, he's thinking to be, he's being generous. Jesus just blows the whole thing out of the water, takes it to a whole new level. Actually, he takes it to the God level, okay, because God forgives us over and over. Think about how many times we've made mistakes, sometimes perhaps on the same uh, the same thing that we're trying to work on and uh, maybe a certain area of our Christian walk, and we've, we've missed it over and over, but God never hit us on the head or struck us with a lightning bolt, but he's always merciful, and he's always saying, come on, keep on coming towards me. You're going to overcome that thing, and so really we want to move into a place where the mercy and the forgiveness of God are also flowing through us as well. Now, let's go into a parable that Jesus taught uh, in reference to this powerful statement that he made in response to Peter. Uh, let's go to verse 23. Jesus says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he launches into a parable. So he says, therefore, whenever you see the word therefore, you want to ask yourself, what is this therefore? Okay. Uh, therefore is a continuation of what he just said. So the parable is in reference or direct relation to this very powerful statement that he just made about forgiveness. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Okay. So in reference to that very powerful statement, he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Wow. <laughs> That's a massive debt. Uh, Pastor Stephen, how much is 10,000 talents? Most scholars believe that, you know, the, of course, there's a little, uh, uh, can be a little bit of a change in the talents. You know, the price of gold changes over time, but all in all, it's still basically the same. Uh, but 10,000 talents, if you multi multiply it out and figure it out to like a modern day type wage, this is basically if a person worked every day of their life, 10,000 talents is a debt of 150,000 years of nonstop labor, okay? So this guy is in such a debt that if he ever wanted to pay it back, this doesn't include interest. If he just wanted to pay the debt, the principal back, he has to work for 150,000 years without ever taking the day off, working all day long just to pay back the debt. So Jesus is uh, giving this uh, exorbitant amount basically also as like a type of allegorical uh, message stating this is a debt that's so big you can't pay it back, okay? In the same way, 490 times, you can see he's talking about an unlimited amount of forgiveness. He's also right here, he's talking about a debt. Really, it's just unrealistic that you can pay it back, okay? And by the way, who wants to work for 150,000 years straight without a vacation? <laughs> oh, God for thank God for mercy and forgiveness. Woo, glory. And at the same time, thank God for uh, coffee. Let's continue on. Now, uh, it says here in verse 25, but as he was not able to pay, 
Uh, you know, honestly, who could, right? He was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children. Ouch. See, he didn't just get in trouble. His debt and his problem got his whole family in trouble, okay? Uh, and the and all that he had was taken and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all in 150,000 years, but I'll get it all paid back to you. <laughs> well, the master knows you just, you can't. I know even if you try or want to, you have to admit that this is impossible to do. Well, the master of that servant uh, after seeing this response, of course, was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Wow, what a monster, whopper, giant debt just totally lifted off of this man's life, uh, sparing him, sparing his wife, sparing his children, and all of his possessions being taken from him. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Ouch. We're having total opposite ends of the spectrum here. We're having a, a person who had a debt of 150,000 years of daily labor. Really, numerically, it was over $2 billion, okay? Uh, and now here, this same man who has had this debt forgiven, this giant debt, now he finds a servant who worked for him who owes him 100 denarii, which is about four months wages or 90 days wages, just a drop in the bucket compared to what he owed. And it says, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Same type of uh, response, wanting mercy. And he would not, but went and threw him in, in the, he threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now here's the conclusion, and it's a real, it's a real sobering, awakening type statement. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. And so, wow, that's a powerful statement. So we need to walk in forgiveness. Now, you understand that uh, there's a lot that could be developed from this story. Uh, I, I think we know that if somebody really does you wrong and burns you or rips you off or just hates you and treats you wrong, you know, you, you can forgive that person, but at the same time, you, you can't hang out with them. You know, they'll probably just do it again or it might even kill you or do something like that. So you have to use wisdom. Uh, but at the same time, even if you have been done wrong in, in, in these types of situations, uh, you can still forgive them, okay? You can still, in your heart, forgive them. You may never, might not even ever see them again. They might not even be alive, but you can still forgive them and uh, release that and let it go. And not only that, see, this is a commandment we're supposed to. Uh, and, you know, really, the Lord Jesus has forgiven us this gigantic sin debt that you and I both know we could never pay it. Uh, there's no way we could earn our salvation. 
And uh, as the uh, Old Testament prophet said, our sins were piled up, stacked up to heaven. And so it was just a hopeless cause. We needed grace. We need the mercy of God. And you know what? God came through for you and I. He made a way that this debt could be removed by putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension that he accomplished for us at Calvary. We call upon him by faith and receive his eternal life through grace and that sin debt's wiped away. Not only that, as you walk with the Lord and live in relationship with him, if you blow it and you ask God for forgiveness, boom, it's just gone. He takes any of your sin away and washes you clean with his blood. Okay. And we can walk in a constant communion fellowship with the Lord where his blood is consistently cleansing us from all sin. Okay. Even sins you might not even be aware you commit it. When you walk with him closely, that blood is working. Praise God for that. So since he has been so merciful to us, since the Lord has canceled our sin debt, should we not also show mercy and forgiveness to those who have wronged us? Uh, yes, we should. Praise God. So today I want you to meditate on that. And I want you to be a person who walks in love and forgiveness so that there's no bitterness in your heart towards anyone that even if you saw your worst enemy and that person still doesn't like you or might even greatly despise you, you can still in your heart have love for that person. Doesn't mean you could maybe uh, do things together, but you could at least have a compassion in your heart for that person because you never know. They might have a hard exterior, but on the inside, they could just they could be that close to breaking and coming over into the kingdom of the Lord. All they have to do is yield their heart to the Lord and call upon his name and he'll save them just like the Lord saved us. Okay. So I feel I want to share something else. Uh, this is, uh, how can I say, this is an, an extra blessing for you this morning. Maybe you want to grab a second cup of coffee. Okay. This is part B. I want to read something to you to bring a little more balance. Now this is from John chapter 20. If you want to turn with me to John chapter 20. Uh, this will be in verse 23, but I feel like it uh, also adds a little bit of uh, uh, more insight to this powerful parable that Jesus has just shared. John chapter 20, verse 23, Jesus said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Wow, Pastor Stephen, what in the world does that mean? Does that mean that I... I can withhold forgiveness from a person and they'll actually uh, be stuck with their sins. What is the Lord talking about here? Let's see if we can dig into this a little bit and uh, open this up. Can we do that? Praise the Lord. Woo, glory to Jesus. I tell you what, there's no better thing than walking with the Lord and living for him. Spending time in his word. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Now, Jesus says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Here it sounds like Jesus is giving us the power to not only forgive sins, but also to withhold forgiveness. I mean, that's exactly what it sounds like when you just read it, uh, read it through. After all, it says, if you retain the sins of any, they are are retained. Okay. Now, why would Jesus ask us to withhold forgiveness? 
Well, we just read and just saw that Jesus said, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we read in Matthew where we're supposed to completely forgive. We're reading here in John where it sounds like there can be situations where maybe we shouldn't. So I wanted, I wanted to take a few extra minutes and explain uh, what's taking place here in John's gospel with this statement that the Lord Jesus made. Why would Jesus, according to John 20, verse 23, why would Jesus give us the power to withhold forgiveness? Actually, he doesn't. I want to explain this verse in its fullness so that that verse doesn't trip you up, okay? Um, what we have here is a slight mistranslation which has produced a rather large misunderstanding of what Jesus was actually speaking about. And so there's a mistranslation of the Greek text. Now, the, uh, in this sentence that, that is spoken, the first clause, I believe the translators did a fantastic job, okay? They, you know, the translation is, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. So that's an accurate translation. But the translation of the second clause needs a closer look. The Greek word for sin is the word hamartias. And in the second clause, in, the, in your Bible, it's there. But in the, Greek, uh, in the Greek New Testament, it's not there. As a matter of fact, if you'll look, you'll see that the word sin in that second clause is in italics. What does it mean if you see something in your Bible and it's in italics? Well, it means it's not there in the original language, whether it's Old Testament Hebrew or New Testament Greek. If it's in italics, it's not in the original language. Sometimes the translators would pop these words in there, hoping that, that maybe if they stuck a word in there, it would bring out better the context of what is being said. Sometimes it actually does help. Sometimes uh, it doesn't work at all. And this is one example where it actually brought confusion. So, uh, a literal translation of the second clause would be, now this is a literal translation from the Greek, whomever you embrace, they are embraced. Wow, mm, that's amazing. Whomever you embrace, they are embraced. So, the direct object in the first clause is about the sin and the person receiving forgiveness of the sin. But in this second clause, you can see that the direct object is being placed on the person who is embraced. Have you ever heard the saying, I'm sure you have, hate the sinner, excuse me, hate, the, that's not what we want to do. We want to hate the sin, but love the sinner. That's actually what's being uh, brought out in this passage. Here Jesus is basically saying, I'm giving you power to forgive the sin and to embrace the sinner. Okay, I want to say that one more time. What Jesus is actually trying to say in the Greek is, I'm giving you power to forgive the sin and to embrace the sinner. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. So, we're still right back to the same thing. Forgive people 
of their sins, just like God does. Okay. So I want to read that John 20, 23, one more time. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. And let me, let me say it uh, more fully now, more fully, whomever you embrace, they are embraced. Okay. In other words, I'm giving you power to forgive the sin and to embrace the sinner. Whomever you embrace, they are embraced. So this is not referring about saying, no, 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 I'm not going to forgive your sins. I have a feeling about you that you're not being serious with God. That's not what that's talking about. Look, um, you know, Jesus in, in the parable that we studied this morning in, in Matthew, he's basically saying if, if a person is asking you for, for forgiveness, you have got to forgive them. This is not optional. If you want your sins forgiven, you've got to forgive others. And if you, uh, if you want God to uh, release your sins and, and put them behind his back and they're gone forever, they're cast into the depths of the sea, then you've got to be willing to do the same thing for others. And the, and the context of the parable is if they ask you, well, Pastor Stephen, what if they don't ask me? If they don't ask you, you're still supposed to forgive them. But see, Jesus doesn't take time to explain all the different roads that this could branch off on. He's just basically saying, if a person keeps coming to you, they've, they've blown it again, they've messed up again, you have to forgive them. You have to forgive them. You have to forgive them. And eventually, they'll get it right. Eventually, they'll grow up. Hopefully, hopefully, what if they don't? Well, if, you know, you just forgive and keep on going. And at the same time, we're going to walk with the Lord and endeavor to live right uh, so that if there's cyclical patterns of, of uh, misbehavior or unkingdom behavior, we can correct that, get on the straight and narrow, live for the Lord and see his blessings fully manifested in our lives. Okay, so today, is there anybody that perhaps... Uh, comes up to you by the Holy Spirit. When I say come up, the Holy Spirit bring you, bringing you remembrance perhaps of someone who's just maybe done you wrong, lied about you behind your back, or maybe in front of you, or mistreated you, or ha has, has wronged you. You know, we are obligated to forgive them. I read a very sad story uh, recently. I won't, I won't finish with a sad story, though, but I'll, I'll finish with something good. But sad story, this was in... Uh, uh, World War II, one of the concentration camps, uh, a Jewish man who later became a doctor, uh, but while he was in the concentration camp, uh, you know, starved down to nothing, uh, he actually had a German soldier who'd been shot or wounded uh, come to him, and this, this German soldier was dying. This German soldier came to him and said, are you a Jew? He said, yes, I'm a Jew. He said, I've done horrible things against the Jewish people, and I'm asking, will you forgive me? Now, he's, this man is just about to die. He's asking, will you forgive me? And so this Jewish man said, you know, he wasn't sure how to, how to respond to this. I mean, here's this German soldier who's participated in atrocities against uh, him and his people, and he, he's not quite sure how to respond. And, and the German soldier barely has enough strength to ask verbally one more time, Will you forgive me for the wrongs that I have done? Please tell me that you will. And the Jewish man, he decided not to do it. He didn't forgive him. And then just a few minutes after that, the German soldier died. And he died in, uh, you know, anguish. He died in soul torment. And 
it's a fascinating story because this Jewish man, you know, lived through the Holocaust, survived, uh, pulled out uh, of that great trial and ordeal, and later became very successful in life. And as he later became successful in life, that event still haunted him. And he always thought to himself, did I do the right thing? I mean, what was I supposed to do? And he actually held a global committee of inviting people, some of, the, some of the most brilliant, brightest people who were leaders in their respected fields from around the world. He invited these people in and had a, had a meeting. And he told them what happened to him, explained what took place. And he said, I want to know from each of you, if you had been there in my shoes when that happened to me, how would you have responded? Because he said, I'm troubled about my response. And he said, how would you have responded? And one lady said, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. He is a dirty, filthy, uh, uh, cruel person. And uh, not only did you do the right thing, but you also probably should have cursed him when he died. And then other people gave other advice and others gave other advice. Uh, but by the time the committee was concluded and the meeting was over, he still really didn't have an answer that satisfied him. Well, I tell you what, I got an answer. And you know what the answer is? Forgive. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you don't know what they did. Forgive. Why? Because we've also sinned. And if we want God to forgive our sins, we need to ask, uh, we need to forgive others when they sin against us. And especially if they come and ask us, will you forgive me? We are obligated as children of God to release them and forgive them of their sins. So I wasn't invited to be a member of that committee and share my opinion, but I wouldn't have really shared my opinion. I just would have shared what Jesus said right here. 70 times 7. See, that's forgiveness with an unlimited amount or number. All right, so hey, how about this for a happy ending? Anybody that needs your forgiveness, just give it. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, um, I don't even know where they're at today. Oh, just send it out. Uh, send it out in the spiritual airwaves and just let, let it all go. Don't let any kind of animosity or anger or that stuff reside in your heart. It'll make you bitter. It'll make you get arthritis. It'll make sickness come to you. But walk in the love and the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus and uh, forgive anybody who's wronged you, even your enemies, even your enemies. And of course, in many of these situations, even after forgiveness, it's not like you can go hang out together and have a meal, but you can at least forgive them, okay? <laughs> and you can let that thing go, and you can walk in the joy and the happiness and the blessing and the wisdom of God, okay? So, Heavenly Father, bless your precious people that are watching today. Now, Lord, let us be hearers and doers of your word. There are some things in your word, O oh God, that are more challenging than others uh, as far as demanding our response. But, oh, God, by your grace and with faith, right now we forgive anybody who has sinned against us, regardless of what those sins might be. And we thank you and we praise you. And we, we thank you that also you have forgiven us of our sins. And we bless you forever for this. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Thanks for watching uh, the program today, the Morning Glory Show. I'll be back next Wednesday with a new show for you. Also, Sunday morning at 10 will be our next live broadcast. Right now, would you please go and subscribe as a follower of my live stream channel? That way you have instant access to all the programs as they are released. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you next time 
on our live show. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.